0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we are towards the end of the this, this the season. Uh, um, excuse me, towards the end of the season of Easter, and we've been hearing a lot in previous. Sundays about the Holy Spirit who is to come. Next Sunday we will be celebrating uh, we will we will be celebrating Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given in full to his to God's church. But today we hear about some of the promises of that Holy Spirit. There are so many promises that are attached to the third person of the Trinity that it's hard to just fit them in one Sunday. So we've been the uh, the church of old has saw fit to have us talk about it as we are on our journey toward uh, the day of Pentecost. And today we see that Jesus, before he goes to his death on the cross, gives his disciples something to hold on to. And he says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear 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 witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning i have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away they will put you out of the the synagogues indeed the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering will think he is offering service to god And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. When we hear these words, we may be tempted to think that Jesus is only talking about the things that we see in the Acts of the Apostles because we don't have the synagogues anymore. But the synagogues at that point in time were just the church. We have a different word for it now, but it means the same thing. Those who are gathered together to give praise and thanks to God, to hear his word, to be given his gifts. So in our world, we need the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth bears witness to Jesus who is the truth. The problem is that the world does not receive Christ as the truth. And a lot of temptation that we face today, it's many and varied because the world has many different ways of which it tempts us, and Satan as well with the flesh. They're all in league together, and there's so many different ways that we can be tempted to fall away, to stumble, to doubt, to despair, or to be prideful. But there's something that I think is probably most worth talking about in this day and age, especially when the church or those in the church are facing temptation day in and day out to fall away in a certain kind of way. The world is, well, we like to think that the world at one point was kind of friendly to Christianity, at least here in the... The um, United States, we can think back on a time where almost everybody went to church and everybody was raised in the church, or at least most people were. We didn't have the problem of the unbelief that is just rampant through our world today. But in the same sense, that probably lulled us into a false sense of, of security where we thought that if we just kind of kept on going, everything would just be okay. Unfortunately, the world has become more hostile. And if it ever really was fully friends with the church, I, I don't really know if that's quite true. There was always struggles the church had to have. The church has always had to struggle against either laziness or you know, sloth or lust or debauchery or some kind of thing to either keep people in line because they needed to be for the sake of their faith or bring people in who were wayward and had to change their life by God's grace. But the thing is now we see more of the latter, that more and more people are not in church more and more people belong to this world. And the temptation for us, at some point, is to believe what the world has to say against us. That when we take our stand on God's word and we start to say, no, these things are not good. What we have going on all around us with, um, well, I hate to even mention it so you have it in your minds, but it's May right now. June is coming up, and for some reason, that makes it Pride Month. And we have a lot of problems attached to that, of course, with this celebration of homosexuality, celebration of debauchery and drunkenness and all sorts of things. And and it's not even that you need a whole month because it's going on day in and day out all the time. And yet when we stand as Christians and we say, that's not good, repent, please believe in Jesus Christ and be saved, we quickly get a response of, well, you're just a bigot, you're just a homophobe, or maybe a racist, or something along those lines. And we are called to speak about these things, and the more we speak, then it seems like the louder the world gets, And when the world gets really loud and calling us all these names with all these horrible charges against us, sometimes we may be tempted to think, well, maybe they're right. That is our temptation in this day and age, to think, well, maybe the world is right. Maybe I am bigoted. And maybe, by some extension, God is bigoted and hateful and all kinds of things against those who he just doesn't like. So we have to be careful. We have to be reminded that we who are Christians, that Christians are given the the spirit of truth, that when the world speaks against you or speaks against just Christianity, if you don't say anything yourself, but you are a Christian and you have so many people saying, well, Christians are just bigots. Christians are just hateful people. And believe me, I've face the brunt of that myself a fair amount of times. We have to be fortified and strengthened with the truth to say, no, that's not the truth. That's not the case. We speak the truth so that the truth would set people free because the people who don't hear the truth are in bondage. They are in slavery, to their sins, and we who are free don't want that for them. We who are free in Christ to live as God has made us to live, we don't want to see people throwing their lives away, and so out of love we say, please, repent. Repent now before it's too late, because you're never promised tomorrow. None of us are. Christ could come back at any moment. He could come back at any day, and we need to be prepared. And even if he doesn't come back tomorrow or today, we may not make it to see tomorrow. We may die, and so may someone else. And yet, when we say these things, when we speak out of love, even though it may seem hateful, when we speak out of love, we will have people who will cast us out and even within the church we may have people face that temptation to throw someone to the wolves if someone is being a little too loud a little too boisterous a little too vehement or 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 zealous when it comes to speaking god's word we may face the temptation to say well We don't agree with you because of how you're saying it or the way that you're saying it or the way you're going about it. You don't belong with us, and so you've got to get out. And that would be a shame not to stand with a brother in Christ if they are speaking the truth in its fullness, even though we just don't like the way that he's saying it. We have to band together. We have to band together in the spirit of truth who bears witness to Jesus who is the truth. We will have people, if we don't already have them in this world, who will seek to kill us. And whether they believe in God or not, they may even say, well, I believe in a God that is love and I want to see you suffer. And in that sense, that's my service to God, right? We may have the times come when we will have people put us out of church or this world or whatever. They will put us out and think that if they deprive us of whatever we need to live, thereby essentially hastening our death, right? Seeking to kill us by a certain kind of means, they'll think that they're doing it in service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor Jesus, his Son. But Jesus has said these things to us that when their hour comes, you may remember that he told these things to you. Remember these things. Remember what Christ says. Remember that suffering is a part of the Christian life. That's not necessarily a popular thing to talk about. We want to talk about things of God's glory and how wonderful things are now that we are Christians. And it's true, we are in a wonderful state of being now that Christ has died for us. He has absolved us of our sins. He has been raised for our justification, for our surety of salvation, and yet we still face suffering and temptation. But, as we heard from St. Peter today, uh, and, and, and I think in the bulletin, the second half was cut out, so you had to hear me say these things. But when when Peter gives us these words, we need to pay attention because this is God's word for us to say, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening. It is not strange for us to suffer, but Rejoice. Insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And I'll go even further from our text today. He says, but let none of you suffer as as a murderer or a thief or 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 an an evildoer or as a meddler yet if anyone suffers as a Christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God in that name for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God and if it begins, With us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. The suffering of this world is temporary. The suffering of this world that we face as Christians is a blessed suffering. The purpose of suffering for the Christian is for the purification of your soul. When the fiery trials come, fire is good for burning away that which is not pure. It separates you from this world and reminds you that the only thing you truly have in this life is Christ. The suffering that we face, whether it be from personal loss, struggle, the anxiety of what tomorrow might bring in general. All these things push us and drive us to Christ. The Spirit uses these things to guide us, to Him, to remind us that His love covers us. The Spirit also gives Christians the ability to love one another, to show comfort to each other, to comfort those with the comfort that we have been given. Luther once said, once Christians begin to know Christ as Lord and Savior, God completely permeates their hearts. Now they are eager to help everyone acquire the same benefits. Christians don't let people languish in their sins. Christians are driven by the Spirit of God to love love one another and to love other people as Christ loves them. The Spirit calls us to pray. The Spirit calls us to do. He calls us to work by the the grace of God so that when we hear these words from St. Peter, that the end of all things is at hand, therefore be, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has as each has received a gift. are the Spirit calling you to do these things in love because Christ first loved you, to do them by God's strength that he supplies, to pray so that God would work, to pray for others and to help those that you can help, to show love where you can and where you must. Above all, We see that St. Peter says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And there's something more there that you may not be seeing at first glance, that the love does not cover just the one who has sinned, like if somebody sins against you and you show them God's love. That love is not just for them, but that love also covers you. The love that covers a a multitude of sins is both for the one who shows love and to the one who is given it. That in showing Christ's love, then you are denying your flesh to sin against that person who has sinned against you. That's something for us to keep in mind. That the love that God shows us covers all of us completely, wholly, entirely for your good. And in all these things, we go forward with the spirit of truth, bearing witness to Jesus, not afraid what the world may say, not afraid what the world may do, for we fear the one who, for we do not fear the one who can kill just the body, but we fear the one who can cast both body and soul into hell. And we give thanks to him because with him there is is the forgiveness of sins that he may be feared and rightly given thanks and praise when we are washed in the blood of Christ, when we are given the body and blood of Christ to eat and to drink so that we may go out and face that world that hates us so much and be able to stand tall and to know that Christ is surely there. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.